0: Hi, and welcome to Decoding AQ, helping you to learn the tools, mindsets, and actions to thrive in an ever-changing world. Hi, and welcome to the next episode of Decoding AQ. I have a very special guest with me today, a good friend, Dean Jackson. Welcome.
1: Welcome. I'm excited. Good stuff. All the way. Look at us. Globally connecting.
0: We are. On this uh, transportation network called Yes, Exactly.
1: I like that.
0: For those of you who don't know, which I think will be the very few, uh, Dean is an amazing entrepreneur. He's got a whole suite and collection of tools for marketing businesses, and essentially to help entrepreneurs make more money and be more successful. And we met through strategic coach, right?
1: That's exactly right. Yeah. Many, many years.
0: Many years. How, How long have you been in coach? So I started out
1: in 1997 and I did the three-year uh, program, and then I moved to Florida, and I was, uh, you know, spending all my time down here. Still, kind of stayed connected with uh, Dan, and when he started his new uh, ten times program about yep. ten years ago now, um, I was, you know, first class in the yep. yeah. uh, in the group, and we've been together nonstop since then, and now into the free zone frontier.
0: Yeah, wow, which is amazing can you can you think back to that first uh free zone frontier day and just give a, a description of what that was like and and what is free zone frontier the the group that we go to
1: well you know dan is crystal clear on this idea that the future is in collaboration and that we're developing our you know unique abilities our capabilities organizationally and we are in this ever-expanding opportunity for joining those forces to find people who we can collaborate with to plug into their uh, their operation or their uh, their capabilities to make something um, even bigger. And nobody's really thinking like this. It's more about. Um, uh, collaboration is really what the uh, what the future is, and I'm I'm, I'm very excited because you see all the tools and all of the uh, you know directionally, just everything is going that Shifts. way as we yeah. migrate to Cloudlandia here.
0: And I think it's interesting just that shift of mind to go from one which was around how do I protect my thing, how do I make yeah. it you know uh, so you know, bulletproof in terms of how unique I am, how Mm -hmm. much I protect it, how much I'm in competition, Mm -hmm. um, and that I go all out to win, and that's how businesses, you know, Mm -hmm. survive and thrive and succeed. To then think very differently and and radically about collaborating, not with those that might be friendly, but those that historically might have been perceived as the the enemy, you know, that your competitors become collaborators. Mm -hmm. How... How did you find that thinking um, for you? Did it instantly just switch or was it an adaption that took a bit of time from where you'd come before?
1: No, I'm always, you know, it's, uh, it was right on track with, because you could see there were everything that we had been discussing in strategic coach, in conversations, in, um, you know, this whole environment that we've put ourselves in all the conversations and everything we're kind of leading towards that. Um, anyway, you know, and so it was really just a formalization of it, of kind of recognizing this is the, this is what's, that's about. Way. Yeah. And it's that there's the thing it's more. And the reason the, the whole, the words free zone, meaning that it's free of, competition it's free of you're not approaching somebody trying to be a vendor you're trying to be a collaborator with somebody and together reach the the bigger
0: the bigger goal yeah and i think what was interesting for me was the difference between say the conceptual thinking of red ocean and blue ocean and blue ocean being where nobody else sails right that's kind of one way of thinking about a free zone is that you're playing a game no one else plays great right but It's just a magic set of glasses you put on in a red ocean to change it to a blue one, not because no one else is there, but because the people that are there, you play with. Yes. Um, And that's a a different way I felt of what triggered for me of what a free zone could be. It could be where no one else is playing, great. Or Mm -hmm. it could be playing where everyone else is, but in a different way.
1: Or gathering somebody from the red ocean and say, hey, let's go together and go over here. Yeah. Yeah. Try and these glasses, yeah.
0: And even better than the ocean is Cloudlandia, right? Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about Cloudlandia.
1: Well, that's been the, the loving term that we've named this place, which is really, it's taking on all the characteristics of that. This is, as you mentioned, we're, we're gathering in the cloud where it feels like we're together and we could just as easily be having this conversation sitting at, across a table from each other, Uh, but we're having the same conversation here in Cloudlandia where we each have instant access to, you know? And so there's so many, um, I think what we're seeing right now is this unbelievable migration of the world to Cloudlandia as a real place, like as... We're we're spending more of our time here. We're staking out our our corner of yeah. Cloudlandia, and we've got instant access to everybody, every other citizen of Cloudlandia. You know, what it's I so like amazing because it comes. There's so many opportunities that come with it. If you look at where we are right now, you know, I started thinking about if you just take. Um, content. You take the things that we're doing, the ways that we share with with words, with audio, with pictures, with video, all of those things. I started thinking and tracing back kind of through history, what have been the big advancements kind of thing, right? And so if you start out thinking communication, the way we communicate and the current game that we're playing as a species called the cooperation game where we're all increasingly cooperating more and more to advance the survival of our species yep. and we've we've been you know the pinnacle of that now when you look at it back i'm sure communication started out with us sort of grunting and gesturing and and you know pointing and things like that but then the first sort of uh, communication that was asynchronous was probably the first time somebody etched a picture on a on a cave wall, yeah. or on in the dirt or something like that. Right? That 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 was the technology advancement that we had right then. So you could have a message if you wrote it in the dirt that lasted as long as till the rain came. But you've left a mark, and somebody else could. Uh, do it and I started thinking about all the advancements as we go along it probably wasn't you know until we developed language and we developed words and things but you could only communicate as far as your voice could carry and in real time there was no way to think and somebody maybe started saying you know what we should start writing these down we should start writing down what he said so people would start scribing things and you know paper got invented and uh, then it wasn't until 1450 or so when Gutenberg invented the, the, the press. printing press mm-hmm. and that the movable type there was printing presses but movable type opened it up to now make duplicates of stuff right and I was thinking uh, Dan Sullivan and I've started a, a podcast called Welcome to Cloudlandia and uh, this, I was thinking, we're joking about the uh, the scribes, the the monks that for de- you know centuries, thousands of years, maybe no centuries, were the ones who were tasked with recreating. Uh, printed things. That was the only way to do something. Yeah. They would hand handscribe, hand-scribe yeah. each thing. Yeah. So you can imagine around the water cooler, the talk of, you know, have you heard about this Gutenberg guy? He's gonna he's gonna put us all out of business. Oh, you're such a worry war. Like imagine the 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 history of adaptability yeah. the talk around the water cooler at the monks. And that's probably when they decided to get into the beer making instead of the uh, <laughs> the things. But then you fast forward, it wasn't until then, the mid to late 1800s, when the next advancement came, which was the ability to record sound, followed quickly by the ability to record pictures, moving pictures and photography. All of that stuff kind of happened in the 1800s. And then from there to now, It's been this ongoing um, just explosion of never satisfied, certainly not being satisfied. I I think about, you know, Ricky Gervais. He's one of my favorite uh, things, the way he talks. Imagine Ricky Gervais. Imagine Thomas Edison showing Ricky Gervais the motion picture for the first time, right? And your first reaction will have to be wow, that picture's moving. What's going on? But then Ricky Gervais would be the guy going, yeah, but we can't hear him, can we? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) and then he joins up the sound with the thing. And, you know, it was all in these boxes where you had to wind the things to watch it. And that for decades, that was the way that people watched motion pictures as one minute little things in a pub uh, that they would do. So then they thought, well, I don't want to keep standing here. And so they go over and they make motion pictures now, create movie theaters. And then nobody's satisfied with that, but I'd rather stay home. Yeah. And then they invent TV. And then, well, it's not in color, is it? And then they do color TV. And then there's three channels. And in the 70s, they're going, well, it's not really much, is it? And then cable comes and you keep advancing. And we've gotten to the point right now Where the proposition that we have with content creators is, I'll tell you what, I want access to every piece of video ever created in the history of the world. I want to access it on any of the devices that I own at any time. Right now, for me and my entire family or anybody I share my passwords with, and I will pay you, sir, 30 cents a day. That's the proposal that we're at right now, where we've yeah. landed. And it's just, it's amazing where not only now can we consume any of the content that's ever been created, we can also distribute any of the content we create. And there's no, um, there's there's no... no obstacles. you know. Yeah. Even 20 years ago, at the peak of the music industry, 1999, the top year, $14.6 billion in CD sales, right before Napster came uh, on board there, that there were three music companies that owned over half of all of the music uh, that was created. So there were probably a dozen people that were the gatekeepers of deciding what music what got out into the world yeah. because of the tremendous cost of doing it. And now there's nobody stopping. Now we've come to the point where a kid in his grandmother's closet can produce the number one song in the history of the Billboard charts on his own. That just yeah. happened last year. With all collaborators with
0: collaborators he would never met. With
1: collaborators in the in the Netherlands. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's such a, um, you know, the adaptability and all of that has been just cascading.
0: I think what's interesting, you know, we live in this sort of Oliver Twist world of where mm. more please, more please say. Yeah. We don't know, Absolutely. we don't have an enough button that yeah. when is in, in enough. Yes. And... You know, I was reading interestingly, uh just an article earlier today about Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was spurred on by another story that was the last remaining blockbusters store is a collaboration now with Airbnb. Airbnb,
1: I saw yeah. that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I thought how 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 cool was that that you could go into store at the
1: time in our lifetimes yeah. we've seen Something we've seen: the invention of the VCR, yep. the uh, rise of Blockbuster, and the elimination of Blockbuster of yeah. in one 30 thirty-year period.
0: Oh, absolutely! And I mean, at yeah. their peak, they were like eighty thousand staff, nine thousand stores yeah. of Blockbusters, yeah. you know. And um, the Netflix guys, when they first started,
1: tried to get them to you know, buy.
0: Tried to get them to buy it, you know, for fifty million. And, you know, they were a struggling just DVD by post, uh, you know, startup. And here you go, blockbusters, get into the DVD uh, proposition. (laughs) And, uh, you know, each of those shifts, and it was, I I think it was one of the guy's daughters, wasn't it? Um, That they'd been up late watching Aladdin, and then they were chatting in the car uh, with one of his other friends and saying he'd just had to pay a... Exordinate amount of a late penalty fee. I remember yeah. those at blockbusters, you know, you'd right. run to try and get it That's and get how it in they the made world. all their money. Yeah. Made, you know, it was like that 40, and the rewind fee And the re- yeah. $40 late payment fee and it's oh, surely there's a better way. Yeah and So this this comes to an interesting point about adaptability and adaption yeah. In terms of a point of frustration a burning platform So ah, there must be a better way. Oh, $40 yeah fee for something i need to invent because yeah. i've been hurt and therefore i want to adapt and come up with new ideas other things that we've realized in the last six months is that it might not be our choice and something happens outside yeah. an environmental change you yeah. know a industry change yeah. and a shift that then forces us to rethink who we are how yeah. we function what we do and i've got two questions for you dean because uh i know you love the movies you were talking a lot about the mm-hmm. you know communications and movies and that was a big part of your life wasn't it in terms of going and visiting going the to cinema. the movies yeah going to the movies you know i used to look forward to your your facebook posts to the movie that you see my movie reviews reporting live that's right and uh how have you dealt with that from this balance of, yes, we can watch anything we want at home. Yeah. I just watch from home. We've got, I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, you go so, um, and I, now there's no, this is the thing about the equalizer is that there is no, um, no obstacles to you being a choice for people to, watch, like my, my, uh, access to content. So really what we'll call it, right? Content, video content is through, I have a smart television as we all do access to that's online and you can watch YouTube or Amazon prime or, uh, Netflix or any of the cable thing, Mm -hmm. whatever you can have, I've got it. And the, um, There's no difference now between no distinction between watching something from Netflix or something, um, you know, from a a professional uh, or an organized kind of thing, or watching individuals, you know, like watching something that anybody could
0: create. So
1: you're it truly is creating. Cloudlandia is 100% a meritocracy that you are, if you create great content, you will win. That's just the, Now, but you have to have reach. You have to have that great content, but get the, the, uh, to the right, uh, uh, to the audience.
0: So in terms of some of the challenges that companies are facing and you faced it, you know, a lot of what you were doing, um, had an in-person element, you know, you're training live events, going and working on, you know, whether it's your nine word email, you know, or it's your marketing messaging or all all of these things. A lot of that was the ability to be in the same room, feed off the energy of each other. You know, we're human beings that like uh, the same space to collaborate in. Yeah. You've now had to go, well, many have had to virtualize and digitize, but there has been a choice. Do you virtualize and digitize the experience that you had before? or do you start again and look at what do we now do and how could we do it better? And yeah. you, you were telling a story about yourself of what you'd done and rethinking yeah. how to take people through a process that traditionally was an in-person training, you know, yeah. kind of uh, program, yeah. live event. Mm-hmm. Tell us what you did and what have been some of the, the benefits of that, how it was for you and how it's been for people that have been taking part.
1: Yeah, so I live in Florida most of the year, and it gets hot here in the summer. So traditionally, I used to split time between Toronto and and Florida, uh, and then the last six years I've been just traveling more through the summer. So I go on a sort of world tour where I go to Toronto and London and Amsterdam and Sydney, and you know come back to uh, Florida doing live events in each of those uh, places. And so in March. I remember it, March 13th, Friday the 13th, watching the television and this coronavirus was just kind of uh, making its way. And they shut down international travel into the United States. And I had an event scheduled for the end of March where uh, some of the people that were coming were coming from Europe and Canada. And so I knew, okay, that's a no-go so immediately literally 90 seconds after i heard him say those words i immediately got in got to work i created this had my guys create this environment for me learned zoom uh the capabilities of doing um virtual events and decided we're going to do the events we're going to do them on zoom and so Immediately flipped, we did five of the uh, Breakthrough Blueprint events just like that, because the essence of it, they're small boardroom um, events, 12 people at a time, which is perfect for Zoom and having this conversation. The essence of what you get from it is there, but you don't get the um, camaraderie or the in-between the social elements of it. Um, So it went well. And then I realized, because I'd been speaking at other events and seeing other people do events, that we were really, all of us, treating Zoom virtual events as just a replacement of live. We're doing what we do at the live events, but we're doing it virtually now. And it struck me that that is sort of a limiting thing, that if you look back historically, we've always sort of adapted to the new thing with how it relates to the old thing so when cars came in it were it was horseless carriages and when you know uh when the movies started it was motion pictures you know moving pictures and without really understanding what the whole new capabilities that we had all the things that we have uniquely possible because of the new technology and so I adapted, again, I've launched a new uh, workshop where it's a spaced um, thing where we focus on one specific um, topic. So I just launched my lead conversion uh, intensive where we go uh, over three sessions, three afternoons focused 100% on from the moment somebody opts in till the moment that you... They agree to collaborate with you and uh, spaced out so that people can do what we do in the first session, test, experiment, get feedback, adapt, come back, and we take it to the next step and then come back again. And that experience has been amazing because we just did the second session on Tuesday and people have... Taken what we did in the first session and uh, and gotten results already from from what we did um, in the first session.
0: And and what I like about that is the richness of a unique opportunity. What, yeah. what you needed to unlearn of that baggage um, that you brought in the room, yeah. And then deciding maybe let's experiment. Let's yeah. have some flexibility here to see what the new possibilities are. Yes. So a Oh, I'm going to do an event. It's this, and by the way, it's going to be over, four mu- uh, over a month and it, you're going to have to come to this location for just two hours and then you're going to have to travel back. And you wouldn't even think that way. No, it would be, now, impractical. Yeah, it'd be impossible. It would be impractical. And it, it you know, would, would just wouldn't be good for anyone. Whereas now yeah. that's not only practical and possible, yeah. it's better yes in some ways
1: instant travel like you're yeah. you and i are having this conversation literally you know 2 feet outside of this door here i'm in my own yeah. i'm in my home environment and I'm, I'm, it's just that now instant travel you, you were
0: able to rethink an existing proposition mm-hmm. and do step 1 to digitize it and then reimagine it yes and you have built the ability over many years to do that. You know, mm-hmm. the freedom of your reflection, of your self thought of your mm-hmm. mindset and the way you see the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now there's many people and organizations that aren't equipped with those kinds of muscles, that kind mm-hmm. of lens. And today is a repeat of yesterday with a tiny tweak. Yes. <laughs> and yesterday was a repeat of the day before with a tiny yes. tweak. Yeah. And there's an awful lot of organizations that are so disrupted how might they be able to look at the world differently? What sort of things could they do? Uh, what kinds of attributes, what ways of thinking? Could you give them any tips? Um, I think what I, my, my what?
1: thinking around it was, what is the outcome? Like, what, what is on the other side of doing the live events? Like, I was really parsing out the elements of it. Like, it, almost like somebody would deconstruct a uh, a recipe for something you know or whatever where you might say well what's the essence of this what's the active ingredient in this and so that's uh, so what i was looking at is that that the essential thing of the breakthrough blueprints in in the boardroom are the communication or being able to have the conversations that's the essential thing which there was no um no difference in the, uh, in the ability to, to do, that, to do that, you know? And so you start to then, I, the first, as I said, five, uh, events that we did were just mirroring what we had done. But then I started realizing, well, what, what is possible now? Like it is kind of, it's a little, even doing it at home or in an environment, it's still a little bit, um, unwieldy to, to mm-hmm. sit for a whole day to do the things, even though it's exactly what we would be doing in the boardroom it's just not necessary it's like the reason that we're doing it that way is to efficiently use the time that we are away right like to get the most out of that but if it's not if there's no friction in the travel could we get the most done in a three three hours is, I think, the perfect, um, you know, half period. day type of um, environment.
0: I think it's interesting. It comes back to, you know, some of the dialogue you were talking about before of this Oliver twist of more. We always want yeah. more. Ah, oh, so because I don't There's a psychological
1: travel, principle for that, that we're, uh, that we're wired, wired with. Wired that it. way. Yeah, I, I wish I could remember what it was, but well, if, you're if definitely... We've,
0: we've gone, I don't need to travel so I can fit more in. I've got to do more. I've got to do more. One of the challenges is that in Cloudlandia that we can instantly be beamed into. There's a couple of things going on in my mind as I think about Cloudlandia, that we're designing this. We're redesigning it in a way we want it to be, you know, we're immigrants as you like to talk about it into that place. And it can be a ready player one where we go into it and it's an avatar and it's a manifestation of something that is in our mind mm-hmm. um, or it can be the real Dean Jackson, you mm-hmm. know, that as we are I, here. I
1: think I've come to that, um, that I think this is, I don't think that the, and I, I could be wrong, open to being hundred percent wrong, but I think it's going to be a long time before we all agree that putting on a headset and furly going into that environment is the, the, um, for most of the things that we're doing, the, um, that would be an incremental um, improvement, not offset by the hassle of, yeah. of And I guess: practicality. It's,
0: it's as hard as us to think of, of. well, I can't collaborate um, through the TV screen. I have to be in the same room until it's yeah. possible.
1: Until it's possible. I can <laughs> visualize so it. I can see a big things. wall. Yeah, like I think it's more likely that we'll have some equivalent of a hollow deck. Yeah, you know, in our in a room like this. Like I'm just on my my MacBook uh, here, so I've got that screen, but I can imagine seeing the whole, you know, six feet uh, across here of all, you know, super high def clarity video that would literally feel like we're sitting yeah. across the and room. It should
0: be that the technology is invisible. Yes. We shouldn't need to see the edge of yeah. the screen or the MacBook or those things. And um, the, 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 the other thing that I find interesting is that we, we have these choices. We can go and visit Cloudlandia, have a conversation, and we can become either overwhelmed or addicted. Yes. You know, Is it a place we'd rather spend our time with? Than yeah. our home, is it the blend? E- each of these things are decisions and choices that we all need yeah. to make in order to say, from our perspective, is is it sustainable? Yeah. Am I adding to myself or am I draining? Right. Because one of the challenges that that we've noticed and people talk about this Zoom fatigue, is just how cognitively hard it is mm-hmm. to have conversation. You mentioned three hours, yeah. You know, just the the amount of brain power we need to look at somebody, watch them and understand what's going on. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. You know, it's um that's why you
1: really it'd be hard to do that one on one, but in a in a group where you can kind of rest a little bit and sit back and watch the conversation for a little bit. And then lean up and and contribute. In terms
0: of your, you know, we've got a little bit of period left of 2020. Mm -hmm. And we as, you know, uh fellow coach people working 90 day chunks, you know, and we, we look that, that far ahead, but also as visionaries and entrepreneurs always looking for where the opportunities are and what kind of future we want to create. If there's somebody who is in an organization and where historically they thought, Oh, large equals secure. You know, I went, got educated and there's many people like that you know that go into large right. organizations and into companies that all of a sudden the future doesn't look that secure it looks mm-hmm. very insecure for them and entrepreneurs have built this muscle of being able to navigate in uncertainty yeah there's many who aren't able to navigate in that right. uncertainty as entrepreneurs what how might we help those others that aren't necessarily entrepreneurs yet i'm interested mm-hmm. in your thoughts of are entrepreneurs born or are they made? I know that mm-hmm. Gino Whitman uh, has got a book and a very interesting view on you either are or you aren't right um what's your views on entrepreneurs and the next you know next part of this year for those that are perhaps facing a situation that's so uncertain and they're thinking about hustle they're thinking about a side bit that where could they start? What could they learn from you, as a very seasoned entrepreneur who works with so many of them, of how to start thinking like an entrepreneur and and what to be aware. Well, I think right now of.
1: there's a market. I mean, you. I think this idea, no matter what, is building your life around your unique abilities, your your mm-hmm. passions, the things that excite you, the things that you like to do. Imagine there's never been a better time to say, well, all I want to do is this, you know, and no matter what it is, whether you just want to, you know, do accounting, or whether you just want to do, take customer service calls, or you want to uh, do something out, whether you want to do something as a contributor to someone else's vision, or you want to have your own vision and enlist other people to, to take your vision, there's never been a better time for it. I mean, it, the, the littlest thing, no matter what it is that you can do, you have access to the totality of Cloudlandia the entire population of Cloudlandia. There's somebody out there looking for exactly what you can do and and contribute. So you can be entrepreneurial. Let's call it that. I think the whole notion of entrepreneurial is really um, changing. Where you can. There's another level of it where you can be self sufficient in a way, right? Where you can yep. be, um, you know, do only the thing you want to do, no matter what, you can tap into um, cash flows. You look at even, there's, I think, a lot of um, room to think about the distinctions between the mainland and Cloudlandia. And there are opportunities on on both. It's more like the mainland is definitely more of a linear uh, uh, thing. where. It, yep. The, the laws of physics apply and the, uh, you know, all of those things. In Cloudlandia is more of a multiplier. Uh, you know, there's less, there's zero friction in Cloudlandia. You can be, you can get from one place to another. We can instantly connect in Cloudlandia, even though you're, I'm assuming you're in England right now. and I am. And I'm, yeah. <laughs> and, but you could have been anywhere yeah. and it doesn't matter. Right. So, uh, but on the ground there's still a there 's an opportunity for people um to be mainland providers of services term so meaning you can drive uber you can do uh you know um Instacart or Uber Eats or any of the there's so many things that you can. It's hard uh, to
0: it's hard to have your haircut in Cloudlandia. It's hard to yeah. It's hard to digitize a haircut. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. It's hard to get a tattoo. You know, and all of all of these, you know, interesting, you know, things of where's the opportunity in each. Yeah. And I believe entrepreneurs are the ultimate adapters. Yes. Because they're able to understand ability their character and their environment yes. and seek to leverage the environment and leverage yeah. their ability to be able to create value. That's and it. that to me is the, is the bottom line that the moment we stop adapting is the moment we collapse. The moment the we die. Bright. It is, it is. And it's bright because we decide it so. That's it. Uh, of those things. If um, you know, people have been listening and they are intrigued about your, Blueprint courses, your um, lead conversion courses, all of these different things. How do they best get in touch with you, Dean?
1: Uh, the best place is deanjackson.com. That's just got all of the things that we're uh, involved in. That's the best place to start. And then, you know, listen to the uh, the um, Welcome to, to Cloudlandian podcast, which will be the first uh, episodes will be up this, uh, this month. So
0: very exciting it. about that. I really love it. And there's one last uh, question. So you uh, kindly uh, got a sneak peek to our documentary film that we're releasing uh, very soon and you've also had a a little experience of our AQME assessment What were perhaps some of your lasting impressions and insights from those things? Well, it
1: felt like the, uh, well, the, the, the documentary is amazing. Well done. I mean, Nick is, is great. The content is great. The topic is great. Um, The assessment that I did, the process of taking the assessment was unlike anything I've ever done. It felt very, conversational like you're uh you know like I was being guided through it which is a um, you know amazing um it was it was a fun experience and insightful to see the results to see the uh how you break down what the information that uh, came out of it
0: fantastic mm-hmm. it's been a, a real joy I always look forward to your pearls of wisdom uh when we're in workshops together because it, it's over to De- to Dean to to be able to come up with unique words, you know the uh, who What was one of them? Uh, uh opportunities. Opportunities.
1: Yes. Uh, the, who, not how. Right. the
0: Who not how? I that's just love them, and I think that's uh, certainly one of many of your unique abilities, Dean. And great. thanks for joining us. Thanks, Ross. Do you have the level of adaptability to survive and thrive the rapid changes ahead? Has your resilience got more comeback than a yo-yo? Do you have the ability to unlearn in order to reskill, upskill and break through? Find out today and uncover your adaptability profile and score, your AQ. Visit aqai.io to gain your personalised report across 15 scientifically validated dimensions of adaptability. For a limited time, enter code PODCAST65 for a complimentary AQMe assessment. AQAI, transforming the way people, teams, and organizations navigate change. Thank you for listening to this episode of Decoding AQ. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast directory and we'd love to hear your feedback. Please do leave a review and be sure to tune in next time for more insights from our amazing guests.